Welcome to Somewhere and Elsewhere, a Coastal Carolina Arts Podcast by Short Sides. I'm Kevin Lee Y. Green. Coming up next, a Somewhere and Elsewhere special where we uncover stories from artists across the coastal region. Hi, this is Christian Green with Short Sides News. Shane Fernando absolutely loves the Wilson Center at Cape Fear Community College. Now, that is to be expected, of course. He is the director, after all, but he loves the Wilson Center in a way that extends beyond his professional role. Shane practically grew up performing on, designing, and managing stages all around Wilmington. So in 2015, when the Wilson Center first opened, Shane knew that this was a massive opportunity to show his community just how much an art center could be. He's especially proud of the Wilson Center's attachment to Cape Fear Community College. As a lot of people said, oh, you know, why is this, why is a performing arts center at, at a community college? I can't think of a better place for a performing arts center than a community college. Uh, you look at all the different programs and, and areas and students that we connect to where they can get practical applied learning experiences uh, in their area of study, whether it's cosmetology, carpentry, welding. I mean, it's stuff people don't usually think about. You know, it's not all about singing and dancing. It's a small city. In this episode, we're focusing on how Shane thinks about the Wilson Center in relation to art and accessibility. As you'll hear, Shane is working to make art more accessible to his community in many respects, starting with the students at Cape Fear Community College. The Wilson Center, first and foremost, is a laboratory for student learning. Students work on every single production here, whether it's backstage on our crews, on our marketing team, our guest services team, our artist services, ticketing. Uh, they work with our contracts. They work with our community engagement. There's not a department um, here that is not affected by a student and that does not have an interaction with the student. To my knowledge, there is no institution of higher learning that has what we have where students are so intimately involved in the operations of major commercial, national, and international touring programs. There, there's nothing like it in the nation. You know, the programming gets all the attention and yeah, it's it's fun. It's great. It's very special to have this in our little corner of the world. But how it's accomplished is where the real story is. You know, with people who are learning a new skill, learning a new way of living to support themselves and their families. And this center is an integral part of that. Next, Shane spoke on making the center more accessible to local performers. Two-thirds of the Wilson Center's programs are local and regional productions, not the nationally touring headlines. For a facility of the Wilson Center's capabilities and prestige, most community productions would not normally have access to that. If you look at facilities like this, you go and try to rent a national touring house. Tell me how that is. You could offer them any amount. You're not going to probably get in the door. To be able to to take students and community performers and community organizations, whether it's Wilmington Choral Society or the City Ballet or the Wilmington Ballet Company, to have those people, young and old, step on that stage, use this equipment, which generally community organizations don't have access to, and to be able to 
perform their craft or perform for their families in that setting is also very special in terms of the accessibility. With performers and workers covered, the next topic of accessibility is one of the most important, the ability for underserved communities to enjoy a night at the theater. It's no secret that theater tickets are often pricey. Many shows at the Wilson Center start around $50 and increase from there. So the Wilson Center devised the Broadway for a Better World program to make seats available to groups who may not normally be able to afford a ticket. So what it is is any not-for-profit in New Hanover and Pender County can apply for tickets for the folks that they serve for any show at the Wilson Center. And I'm not talking about seeing a dress rehearsal, oh, come in and see this. No, I want them to see the show. I want them to have the full experience from the time they step in that door and they're, and they're treated like any other guest. That's so important is, you know, that, that accessibility, that equal access. It's about bringing in young folk and other folks from our community to experience the power of, of the live performing arts. We just had its two-year birthday this, um, earlier this year. And in two years, we've given away over $110,000 worth of tickets. Lastly, Shane wanted to tackle an area of accessibility that might be the toughest challenge the center faces. The other piece that is very important to us is uh, in terms of human accessibility, uh, in terms of what are we doing to ensure that the performances are accessible to all people, no matter their ability. Shane said that beyond established ideas like wheelchair accessibility, they're thinking about how to make the theater more inclusive for differently abled people, like those on the autism spectrum and those with seeing and hearing disabilities. In particular, he was especially excited about changing the way that seeing impaired people experience dance. Traditionally, Shane says the go-to solution has just been to provide a description of the dance. You know, dancer number one has entered from stage left and has turned, has now stopped. Dancer number two enters from downstage right. It, it's, it's pretty awful. You feel like you're at a courtroom proceeding. To fix this, a new app is being developed by a team of dancers, which will allow dance to be experienced in an entirely new way. It's an application on your mobile device. So it's a device that most people will have. And uh, they download the application, and it's a series of tracks. And you can layer the tracks and curate it as an audience member. One is the actual soundtrack. One is a recording of the feet and the hands when things were touched or stomped or rolled over. There is a spoken word uh, component which conveyed the emotions being physically portrayed on stage or the colors and the lights, you know, in terms of the mood. And this is how accessibility should be. I, it's like, I want to experience the performance with this. The piece, you know, that is that actually provides the accessibility, it in itself has become a work of art. It's, a, and it's an extension of the art. It is part of the art and it cannot be separated from the work where the artist has built this as part of the work. The whole different way of looking at accessibility. And that's the thing you know, in terms of accessibility to the performing arts. It's a journey that there's no destination and that we'll never get there. And that's, that's okay, but we got to keep learning. I, I have to keep learning. We need to bring in folks, you know, because we can't make the decisions. We can't make the determination. We need 
to have those from our communities advising us on how to be accessible, not the other way around. You've been listening to Somewhere and Elsewhere, a Coastal Carolina arts podcast on working narratives and shore sides. Shore Sides is a local journalism project serving the Coastal Carolinas and beyond. Know of a Coastal Carolina artist we should be covering? Contact us at info at shoresides.org. I'm Kevin Lee Y. Green. Thank you for listening.